Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. With me again, as always, Brian Jackson. Brian Jackson, yes. Yes, the other brother in tech. I'm good, Brian. How are you doing? I'm, I am actually really excited about our episode here. Um, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but we, we have been kind of on the air for 20 episodes so far. I just 20 realized. 20 episodes. 20 so episodes. this is episode number 21. We're, we're officially old enough to drink now. This is 21. Yes. Yeah. This is our coming of age episode. <laughs> Brothers in uh, tech is legal. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's exciting. So what do we do? Yeah. What do we do on our 21st episode? What do we do? It's a, you know, it's, our, it's a big kind of rite of passage here. What should we do for this momentous 21st episode? Yeah. I was thinking that we would wing it and we have no plans whatsoever. And we're just going to love it. Talk. <laughs> I, so basically like what you and I do. No, what you and I do on a regular basis, but we yeah. just have microphones in front of us now. Right. No, no, actually, uh, in all seriousness, uh, so I propose to you, uh, and I appreciate you going along with this, that, you know, with our 20th episode, let's go back to some of these other topics that we've gone over so far. And a few of those topics were things where, you know, I mean, most of the time it was me teaching you something and you learning something new about one of those topics. And then there was one or two in which you gave me something new to work on. And, you and uh, I have vastly different recollections of things, <laughs> but go ahead. That's fine. Please proceed. So I thought maybe we would go back and talk about kind of where are we now with some of those topics, you know? So if you think back, we had our first topic, uh, streaming te- streaming television. Uh, where we talked about that was a whole five months ago, Brian. We were yeah, such right. younger, inexperienced children yeah, we, at that point. Five we, months we ago, really, you know, we really were on kind of the brink of yeah. stardom at that point. And uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you know, fame has kind of sunk in a little bit now, and I, I think we have a different it's perspective. Changed us. Changed us maybe a little bit, just, just a bit. A I mean, just I still feel like we're the same people we were five months ago, but. You know, 20 episodes in, we're kind of a big deal now in this whole yeah. tech discussion field. So, I mean, I, mean you know. I feel the same, but I know other people view us differently. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I pretty agree. sure that's I feel that's it. I can feel it when yeah. I'm talking to people now. So, yeah. so what have we learned in five months when it comes to streaming TV? That's a kind of a good <sighs> question, I guess. Is yeah. You know, five months ago, Brian, when we talked about streaming TV, uh, I'm just kind of going back in our way back machine here a little bit. Yeah. Um, you and I were, we still gave us our, both of us gave our universal pick on YouTube TV as kind of being the service right. that we, we felt like was the one to beat when it comes to streaming what you consider more traditional TV, like channels and networks and uh, scheduling of shows. Uh, Brian, is that still where you are? You're still um, YouTube TV? I'm, I am still 100% sold on yeah. YouTube TV. Too. And uh, you? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a reason to look otherwise. I mean, right. uh, you know, do I wish it was still a little bit cheaper than it is? Yep. Sure. It's still yep. a big chunk of money coming out, 50 some bucks every month. But uh, everything I need to everything I need to worry about watching on a, quote, live basis, whether it's sports, whether it's news, whether it's more networks, traditional TV shows, I got them all. And they're right yep. there and they're recorded. It's easy to get to. I can still access it from my phone, my iPad, anywhere on the road, doesn't matter. It's great. So really, I have, I, and, I, and I have yet to run into a technical issue, which is no, still that's uh, what I was going to mention. And not only that, I am impressed that they're not, they're not static in what they're doing right now. They're actually, they're continuing to add some small features. There's some new things that are happening. You know, for example, I don't know if you've recognized this. Now it has kind of a, um, it, if when you turn it on to to begin with, you you know open up your Apple TV or your uh, Roku and you go to YouTube TV, it automatically goes to what it thinks you normally watch at this point in time. So we have things like our you know news in the morning or the you know a particular show in the evening, and it'll start going to that channel right away as saying, hey, you know what, I feel like you're probably going to go here, and so it's. It's starting to learn a little bit of what we're doing and trying to make some better predictions for us. Um, I think it's got a, you know, a decent catalog of movies and things that you can go back to at any point in time. Uh, I think it's gotten better in terms of, you know, early on, I will say, you know, 
really early on when I got in, and I think I got in before you did, uh, and maybe saw a few quirks here and there where you would, you know, click and say, I want to watch that movie that I recorded. And when you actually started up, it's a completely different movie. So it had been mistagged or something. You don't see that at all anymore. I mean, they're, they're, they've dialed it in and, um, you know, they've got some things that are really cool. Like if you're a diehard, I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. I record all the Portland Trailblazer, um, uh, games and it actually has a feature that says if a game is being recorded do not show me a preview of that game so as i'm clicking uh, through my right. channel it will black that out so that i don't get happen to even see the uh oh, the wow. score i didn't know yeah. you could do that yep and at the bottom you know where you have some of the scores that can be shown it won't show you those if you don't want it to give away what's happening i mean it's, it's super smart and i think it's a, a fantastic service so so I normally have not changed these, my ongoing, yeah. yeah. Normally with these ongoing services, I'm always exploring other options and trying to look and see where there's other features or services and price comparison. I haven't looked at anything else yeah. outside of YouTube TV for quite a while. So I'm very, no. very happy still. The only thing so, I can say that I've looked into is because of your uh, discussion, mm -hmm. one of our neat dives was Plex. That's the only thing that I've looked into and to say, you know what? I wonder with my over the air, you know, things that we talked about in our deep dive, the fact that I could potentially record those same shows for free, have them streaming yeah. throughout my house. But I think there's going to be a long, a long setup process for me to get anywhere close to what I'm receiving now. So, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, you know, is 50 bucks a month that yep. I'm paying. It's cheaper than what my cable bill used to be when I had traditional cable. And I feel like I get a lot more out of it than I did with traditional yep. cable. So I'm, I'm yep. happy. I'm very content yep. and satisfied with it. Um, so Alan, there was I hope we don't increase on it, but otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm well, happy with it. I have a feeling we will. I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those things that uh, unless another competitor comes up. And right now I feel like a lot of those other competitors are starting to fall by the wayside. I will say real quick, one, <clears throat> one issue still is that it's not, it's still not built into the Apple TV app. Oh yeah, you're right. right. That is the one big drawback. You know? like, I hate that. So you can't because go to an Apple TV Apple and use TV. one app. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I, I, I got so used on the Apple TV that I do love, you know, when it's tied in with uh, uh, HBO or tied in mm -hmm. with uh, some of those services and you can just kind of scan through the apps on your home screen and it will even show you what some of the most recent movies, like it shows you, Hey, Netflix, here are some movies you've been watching lately. And if you can go right to them from here, yep. Uh, yep. but YouTube TV, you go to YouTube TV and it's just the YouTube TV logo. Cause right. Uh, right. I wish there was more integration. I would love to be able to use the search on my Apple TV box and know that I can actually search recorded shows on my YouTube TV or programs I watch there. But if that's my only drawback, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, no, it's, you it's, know, but you're right. That is great. the one thing I wish to do. Yeah. Yep. So mentioning Apple TV, Alan, uh, thinking back to when we discussed streaming TV, I think both you and I had talked about if we had to, right, if we had to trim down our services, I think both of us said that we think that YouTube TV with the Apple TV Plus, which was brand new when we did this uh, uh, five mm -hmm. months ago, right? it had just come out in the fall. Um, Apple TV Plus was something that they were giving away with uh, the purchase of devices. And so they were getting an audience that was growing. There was a couple of new shows that were just now coming out when we talked about it before. So five months later, what's your thoughts on Apple TV Plus, Alan? Well, I, I watched three shows on Apple TV Plus, three original shows that they have, which is all they have is just original programs. And I've watched three of them. And, uh, uh, I haven't watched anything else. Um, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that, that it's not that they don't have good content on there. I think the stuff I see that they put up there has been, looks to be high quality programs, but there haven't been a lot of them and they all seem to be a little more niche shows. So yeah. none of them have really spoken to me or, or had any interest. I'm actually even disappointed, you know, amazing stories is a series mm -hmm. that, uh, Steven Spielberg produced back from the late eighties, early nineties. It was on TV. It was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. Which I was, I was super so excited, excited about. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So happy to hear that they were bringing it back as an original show on Apple TV. And then the early reviews came out and said, hmm, it's not really that great. 
Yeah. So I just never had any really desire to watch it. So really, I haven't watched anything on Apple TV uh, hmm. Plus. So since we, almost since we recorded the show, um, so that's a little bit of a disappointing. I mean, I'm, luckily I'm still getting yeah. it for free, and yep. so you know at least there's still got that going for it. But I would say that would be one revision I would go back and change to say. Maybe not Apple TV. Honestly, Netflix and Hulu still seem to be pumping in the original shows right now. Um, yeah. Doing a lot more with original content. Uh, Netflix in particular, I'm still just amazed some of the new original content they have coming up. That um, Netflix is kind of still my service to beat right now as far as where I feel like if I'm going to put 5 to $10 a month into entertainment options, I'm still probably going to do Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm... I'm with you. If you made me choose right now, I would certainly choose Netflix. You just get a lot more bang for the buck. Also, I think we did say, though, that we would, neither one of us would be getting rid of Amazon anytime soon because we have Amazon Prime and we're not going to get rid of the delivery service, right? But I will say I've, I've watched Apple TV Plus more than you have, it sounds like. Um, initially, I was really excited. We watched what was a morning show and there was the, uh, uh, what was the kind of, horror one or the, uh, about the nanny, right? Oh yeah. Servant. Yeah. The servant. servant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some interesting things. I think the quality of, oh. you know, the, the cinematography was great, right? Oh, There's some really good. cool stuff in there. And then there was a lull once you got through those. And I think probably part of the issue, and, and I don't want to get too much into kind of the, you know, the, the grand scheme of all this, but part of the problem was that we started getting used to when I go and watch something, I want to watch a lot of it right now. And they were spacing out their delivery one a week. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you got through that. And then there was a lull. There wasn't anything really good coming up. I mean, there's little America that's there now, which is kind of interesting. It's, it's a, I think it's a fun kind of uh, show that uh, kind of deals with these true stories, these little mini stories. Uh, Finding Jacob is one that we, uh, I think, are watching now, which is actually really good. Um, yeah, that's so, right. That is one show that has come out that's been a little more high profile show for them. Yeah, to out. and it's so it's the, good. The problem good. is, even though I love the putting out one a week episode, I still yeah. love that format I because too. I think it builds anticipation. I think uh, you you get a lot more press for it if you do it that way. The problem is, is that once you finish a show, you're like you're ready to go on to another show. Right. And I felt like Apple TV didn't have one to offer me. <laughs> right. It's like right. I finished morning show and I finished servant. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? I'm like, mm, right. it's not much. Yeah. There was so a that, lull there. There was a lost lull. that interest, you know, it just kind of had a gap where at least with Netflix, I finish a show. There's a hundred other shows on there. I could pick out and start watching if I wanted to. Right. Um, or I dig into some older shows or older content, which Apple TV plus does not have yet anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I know they did come out an announcement just this week that they're looking at and possibly going to be expanding their library by adding older archive content, you know, older movies or TV shows to their library, which I think they kind of, kind of have to do. I mean, they have to, they're going to keep any momentum going. They've got to build in some interesting content that people want to see, even if it's not original stuff that they created, if it's something that's aired somewhere else, but they have the rights to show it. You know, I think that's the only way you're going to keep people engaged right now. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling that they're probably going to extend the free service or or bundle it in with some other things, which maybe they had not planned to do. I think they probably gave themselves a year and said, let's get as many people free into the service for a year. And by that point, they're going to ramp up all their new content. But, you know, with the the pandemic and the COVID, right? No new shows are being filmed right now. So there's going to be a lull, which I, I think made them go and say, you know what? We have to be a smaller version of Netflix for now, right? Go get some old content. So we at least keep people active and engaged and then hope that some of their new stuff comes out. So I, I'm, I'm going to stick with them obviously, because I get them free until probably later this year, but I'm very hopeful that if they can provide me some old content so that there's always some things that I can go back and watch for me, that the one a week, if there was say, if there was three shows that they had going on at a time, three good shows that I always, I was interested in and they were coming out one a week, you know, on Fridays, I'm happy because I don't watch enough. And my wife and I really would love to just have one thing that we're excited to watch. And when a new one comes out, you know, we can kind of chip away at it through the week. Uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that's actually helpful uh, for some people because I think we got too far to the, 
sit down and cram an entire season out in a weekend. And it's too tempting to do when there, you know, you have all this other content to watch. Now I think, uh, I think the model is good. I just think they need more content. They need, you know, they need four or five, six shows at a time that people are willing to jump into. And uh, yeah, I, th- I agree. I, th- I think in general's broad, sp- I think you, you set up a pretty good standard template there. If people had two to three shows, ongoing shows that they could watch, um, that justifies keeping a service. And then when those shows end, the season ends for those shows, there's another two or three shows ready to go that you could start picking up on or catch up on. And it needs to be that continuous process. If you hit the end of a show and you're done, you're called up and there's nothing new you want to watch, you've lost a lot of momentum there. So I agree. Yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of the model and I, I, they're just not there yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that would be one revision. I'd say I go back I mean, granted, I still say, yeah, if you get it for free, obviously have it for free for a year and use it as you can. But the real telling tale will be here in the next several months when those 12 months start to run out for a lot of people, how many people drop off and uh, is Apple TV plus going to have enough new content to keep people sticking around? Yeah. Can they have a new good show coming every week or every other week? And can they have a new good movie coming out every week? And at that point, you're you're keeping people's toes in, and I think that's a good thing. So yeah, I agree. So right, well, yeah, so there's our revision, TV, right? There's our YouTube TV still positive, Apple TV Plus. We're less less uh, yep. less upbeat about, but cautiously watching right now. So yep. Brian, the next topic we talked about was going paperless, and mm. we did that for a whole month as well. Kind of talked about ways to make your life more paperless, scanning and uh, digital storage of files and all that. Um, you seen any, I mean, you were one that you were really trying to work on increasing the amount of paperless activity Correct. you had. Yeah. Is that and I think, well? it, yeah, it is actually. And, and I will say there are a lot of negative things about the, uh, COVID pandemic and forcing people to work from home that weren't quite ready to work from home. One really good thing for me is that I'm in front of my computer all the time which means that I have no real reason to write down anything. I actually don't even know if I've touched a pen in the last yeah. you know, two months. Um, I'm typing everything out. So it, it was a way for me to force into this you know, digital going paperless. Um, actually, I'm, I'm looking around. I don't, even, I don't even know how I've taken note right now, uh, which is great. Right? The other thing that I've, I've allowed myself to do or kind of forced myself to do I, from your suggestion you know, as I have a, a scanning app now that, you know, uh, Laura and I both have a, a strategy that when a bill comes in, you know, we have everything kind of hits the counter, you know, the usual counter uh, spot. It doesn't leave the counter. We get it. We open it up. We pull it out. That's how that's the place we take a picture. We scan it really quick. And I save that scan to Google Drive to a to be filed folder, which you uh, suggested. Nice. And then I then I rip it up and I put it in the recycling bin and uh, it's great. Nothing is going in the file cabinet. The file cabinet is not getting anything. Uh, I'll probably once a week, maybe maybe a little a little longer, but I'll go in and retitle those files that I've scanned and mm-hmm. sort them into the different folders within Google Drive. And uh, so I have everything now, and uh, that's been fantastic. Well, t- I will tell you the the one thing that needed to happen for that to really work was to have a really good <clears throat> scanning app. Yes. And for me, you know, taking a picture with the, the camera and going to the photo roll and everything wasn't going to do it. Um, I needed something that was going to crop already that was going to kind of make it so that it was a document. Uh, I mentioned this, I think it was my bit back then too, uh, and I had just gotten it, but a, an app called Genius Scan. <clears throat> and I am so impressed with it. It's um, you know, the moment you open it, which is, of course, my issue, I told you before, is that I didn't want to make multiple clicks. I didn't want to have to say, OK, now I'm going to save to this. I'm going to save to this. I open up Genius Scan and um, it is looking for the edges of paper. So when I hold my camera up, it recognizes, oh, I see the four edges and it automatically takes the picture. I don't have to click to take the picture. I just hold the the phone up. It grabs and then it says, What's the next page? So I can do that with multiple pages in a row, super fast, and uh, they all scan within the same PDF. 
and I say I'm done and I can retitle it if I want. It's automatically going to title by the, the day and time that I scanned it. So I don't have to do anything if it was a receipt. Uh, but for me, it's been, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I, I used it to scan a book chapter, uh, which made it super easy. I didn't have to readjust. It would basically click whenever it got uh, a static enough image. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm moving along. And I'd say that's one real positive of having to move to the working at home is it's forced me to, you know, to actually make these uh, changes and it's yeah. given me an opportunity to do that. So, yeah. So I am that's great. I that's have really gone good. paperless. How's that? Good. I have gone okay. paperless. Now, yeah. And that workflow you described is, is right. It's perfect. I mean, that's the thing is that I know, you know, there's people I still talk to me sometimes say, look, I just feel like I've got to have the paper. I need to have it physically in front of me. And I think that is a tough thing to get past. But if you can do it, I mean, think about the flexibility of what you've got by having everything digital instead of a paper version. It, you could pull it up on your computer right now. You could pull it up on your phone if you needed to. You could pull it up anywhere. Um, you could send it to anybody very easily. You could, you know, organize it. All that. And just, and again, I think there's a, I think there's a mental thing when you have a lot of paper around you that it, it kind of creates a little bit more of a sense of chaos or something else you got to keep up with or mentally yeah. you got to remember where that paper is. And I just, I love not having to deal with that anymore. So, um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I I think it's good. Yeah. Quarantine time has definitely helped with the organization time a little right. bit too. And that it has been a little bit of time to kind of get cleaned up on some things. And again, I'm looking around my desk right now, no, no paper anywhere, which is great. And so I'm yeah. very happy. No, that's good. I, I wanted to mention one other thing real quick. And I, and I think I mentioned this on a later episode where I kind of came back to, um, uh, to mention the files app, but on iOS, files app, which I think a lot of people don't even know that is really there and in, they don't quite understand what it does. Uh, that's still a, a really nice way that if you're not quite certain, how am I going to organize some of those things? Am I going to scan right to it? Am I going to take a picture and put it right in there? Um, files is, is something that I think is worth a second look. Uh, we didn't really talk much about it at the time because I think it was still fairly new, and the fact that it has a scanning feature uh, that does the exact same thing, you know, you say scan a document, it'll look for the edges, and then you put it, but take it in. Um, but it's got some quirks. I think it's still got some problems, some things that need to be sorted out. I think it could be great. Uh, I think if they simply just did go into file uh, files app and automatically it says, what do you want to scan, instead of you having to search for a scan it. Um, well, but I that think was my biggest thing with the app. I didn't even know you had it had a scanner feature built in until you told me yeah. about where to go. Yeah. You got to pull down from the main menu list and the little uh, extra pop-up button you got to choose and then go to scan documents. I'm like, yep. yeah, if I'd open up files app on, on my iOS device, my phone, and it said, all right, do you want to scan a new file or search for an existing file or something like yep. that? Then, boom, that's what I want to do. And it does it. And I know anything I scan with the camera, it'll file in a certain folder on the files app. All that would be awesome. And it's just, I think if it was a little more intuitive, um, yeah, Apple, yeah. you know, Apple this way. I mean, a lot of their, their homegrown apps or uh, features on their other operating systems, you know, the first go around is normally not great. Um, so I'm going to give them some time to see if they can refine this with another version, but I'm yeah. with you. It was, it, I was happy to see that it did some of the things it did. I just wish it wasn't so hard to figure out what things it could do and yeah. uh, yep. use it that way. So, yeah. So that was paperless. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, you know, my progression on that. And I know you were already there. So hopefully other people have kind of taken this opportunity to try to clean some of the clutter as well. Uh, our third topic was home internet, right? So we did a lot of discussing about, home Wi-Fi, how to, I think that's, you know, one of those many times that I ended up teaching you a lot of things uh, about uh, how to look for internet speed and strength and signals and all that. Yeah, uh, have you, have you continued to practice, uh, son? Have you, have you continued to work on your skills within the internet world or what? Well, yeah, actually, even just recently, like today, um, <laughs> talk to I me. had, talk to me. I had to set up a, an entire new office uh, Wi-Fi system at our office building. Um, 
Yeah, we have been using an Apple Airport system for many years, which I still love. I love you know Apple's simplicity. I love. I understand Apple products really well, but the fact of the matter is, the Apple Airport technology is not technology they support anymore. They stopped making it a couple of years yeah. ago. They don't sell it anymore. They don't support it anymore. That makes me nervous. We had a big storm uh, yesterday, big internet outage at our building. That was due to the service provider. They got it fixed, but when I came into the office this morning, um, internet was still not working very well. It was slow. It was kind of up and down. It was just a lot of issues. And after restarting, rebooting, everything, and, and even trying to work with the service provider, it just it kind of came to a head to say, look, I think it's just my equipment is now kind of on the fritz. It's just not holding up as well. Okay, maybe Alan, let me just let me just check. You did restart. You did say you restarted. I, I restarted like eight times. I did. Okay, of just checking. Yeah, but please, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm um, just reminding people that's step number one, right? You restart, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to restart before calling anybody to help you. Um, so I, I basically I ripped out the the Wi-Fi system. You know, we do a lot of recordings and production. We need internet in the office to be running really smooth. So I ran and got a, uh, a new system. I, I actually invested in a Linksys VLOP, uh, which is a mesh system. We talked about mesh systems before during our, our topic. And um, it was one I read about, A, because it was very Mac friendly. It works really well with Macs and people feel like, you know, it's pretty easy to work with from a, from a Mac computer, which our whole office is Mac. So that was important. I also wanted uh, the best coverage I could get. This one supposedly covered 6,000 square feet of space is what you can get from your, your, your devices. It is a three, three box, three, three hub uh, system, just like the Google Wi-Fi that I was, that I use in my home. Um, I will say it was a little tougher setting up or a little more trial and error setup than the Google was. Um, I found myself having to reboot these devices quite a few times to get it to all work right. But once I finally got it all set up, I am really pleased with the speed. It is noticeably faster in our Wi-Fi office environment. Um, and uh, it's got great coverage. I've got the entire floor of our building covered really well with these three devices. So so I did have to do kind of a quick quick, uh, quick learning curve on that new system, but it, uh, it held up really well. And the reviews are really strong on it, too. So I felt like we were on a good path there. So that's the Linksys VLOP. Hmm. Um, about $350. So these mesh systems are still a little on the pricey side, but we had not put in a really good mesh system in our office. So um, this helped. And I was really happy with uh, once we got it all set up and running. Yeah, so between nice. two o'clock and three o'clock, I had it all done. So it was only took a few hours of time to get really fine-tuned and, and working the way we needed it to. So just... I didn't catch that. Is it a is it a mesh network or is it a single? It's okay. And how many so, how many different satellites? Three. three. Okay. Well, right, one one main one and then two satellites. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, anyway, walk you through the setup process just like a lot of these mesh networks do is that you set up your first primary one and you connect that to where your internet's coming in from your modem or or whatever device, and then it's going to walk you through and say, okay, now go ahead and place a second one. And you can think about it almost like a triangle where you've got your, your main one, but then you can kind of span those other two devices out further away in different directions, but they still need to be in some sort of a proximity to one another, at least get a connection from each other. And uh, so it'll actually tell you, say, hey, look, where you position this box, I think is a little too far away from the main one. So I'd recommend going a little closer. So it took a little trial and error, but I found three locations for these that work really well and cover our whole floor. And again, I did a speed test everywhere I walked and test speeds were great everywhere I tested it. So um, I think we're good. And I was able to connect it to our wired network because we actually have Ethernet cables running throughout the building. And so every office has a jack where somebody could uh, plug in wired if they didn't want to go wireless. And uh, so it worked nicely with that whole system. But you know, I tested the speed between the wired and the wireless and they're basically the same. So... Mm -hmm. Nice. The only advantage yeah. you've got from going with the wired network, if, if you're in that office, is it maybe it's just more consistent, you know, where wireless yeah. can have little fluctuations here and there. But speed-wise, the speeds were very comparable between the two. So I was really happy with that. Yeah, great. Yeah, I have not had any uh, 
major epiphanies with uh, with internet since we went over that. Um, I will say that I've had a lot of friends uh, and family members that have kind of mentioned internet as being a uh, a a more important factor now that they're working at home or that they've had to be at home a little bit more. So I think it's just again, it's a it's been a a timely uh, series of episodes that we went over to show that uh, not only do I think the internet companies are realizing they're kind of in high gear trying to provide the best service that they can. Uh, I think people are starting to recognize the differences between download and upload speeds and needing to pay attention to that second number. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think I think we were right on in terms of the things to, to pay attention to. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, I don't well, necessarily have any that, revisions. Well, I was gonna say, let me with that, offer a plug just for people you know, we, we did a special bonus episode about working from home, all about kind of tips and help that situation hasn't really changed for a lot of people. So if you are still someone finding yourself working from home a lot more and your technology, you feel like is maybe not where it needs to be. uh, I'd recommend going back and listening to that episode. It's just titled working from home. And uh, we go through a lot of just tips and ideas on ways to improve your speed in your off your home office what type of gear might be useful to have a great home office environment. Um, and again, that's, I do think with the, what's going on and, and what kind of how we're seeing the business world adapt a little bit because of the pandemic. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to remain in a home working environment, maybe more so than they expected to, uh, yeah. even when things stabilize. So um, it's good information to have good ideas to kind of be working with on that. Now, Brian, there was actually a fourth topic that we didn't uh, mention. I, 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 just, I just recognized that. Yeah, it was actually our second one, right? We haven't yeah. mentioned the fourth one. And that was about uh, home assistance, Siri, yeah, Alexa, mm-hmm. Google Home. Um, I've really got nothing to add there. I mean, I haven't had anything new to happen. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything change or anything you've kind of worked on new on the home assistant side. but Yeah, um, well... I, I can tell I, you that I'm, I'm using so my digital assistant than, a lot more. Other than I've got Alexa talking in the background because she heard me trying to wake up. She's talking to me right now. And nice. uh, she's offering nice. to help. She's offering to play music. I don't really need her to do anything, but she's still talking in the background. So hold tight for a second. Alexa, stop. There we go. She's done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right on cue. Right on cue. I love um, it. I still don't find myself using voice data, a home assistance yep. at yep. all. Do you? Okay. So, so here's, yeah, here, here's the thing. Um, being at home, well, constantly for the last, you know, 10 weeks or so, um, we're using it a lot. And by using it a lot though, I mean, it's only about home automation. That's the only thing we're doing. We're not we're not using it to find out information. We don't find ourselves asking it random questions. Um, but this has also allowed me some time to, you know, if you put me in a put me in the same place for a, a long period of time, I'm going to figure out ways to to tweak things. So, you know, we've gotten a few more light bulbs. We've gotten a few more switches, Casa Casa TP Link switches uh, to kind of allow me to turn on some different lights, some different things. I ended up buying a an outdoor. Um, it's the first time we've had kind of an outdoor plug. So there's a mm-hmm. a uh, it plugs in outdoor, but it, it looks like a um, an extension cord, a short extension cord that has two outlets in the end, and each of those outlets is a a separate um, home automation outlet. So you can name each one. We have a, a set of string lights in our backyard that we can now say, you know. Alexa, turn on the string lights, and it's going to be able to turn those on. Um, ended up putting. Sorry, I don't know that. Sorry, there's my Alexa. Yes, um, and uh, we put some some outdoor light bulbs. We put uh, so and now I have it to where we're starting to dial in all the things that we would want to have turn on and off uh, without having to go to that particular spot. So at night, when we say, you know, good night it assures me that it's turning off the lights we have upstairs, anything that was still on the outdoor light, the uh, turns on the, uh, turns off the bedside lights. And then of course I've trained it to say, you know, good night master. So uh, all of those things are really, really important. Um, 
but for me, I'm using it a lot in terms of lights. Lights, I actually have uh, right now. It's getting hotter. I have a fan upstairs that I plugged in, so we could be downstairs and know that it's getting hotter. I say, you know, turn on the fan upstairs, and at least that circulates some air. So, just things where if I don't necessarily want to hustle upstairs to do something, um, so I think those are why these digital assistants are still helpful. You know, yeah. you could do all those things without the assistant. You could go on your app and do them, but you know, why have my, why have to pull the phone out? Right. So no, I, I agree. I, I think home automation would be the big key there. I think, yep. I think what we've seen is that, you know, people like the novelty of having a home assistant to ask questions and to have them look up things for them or all that, tell them jokes, whatever it may be. Um, I just don't see people I'm encountered with using that very often, but I do think the home automation makes sense because it is yep. a specific task that you have to do or want to do. And this is an easy way to get that task done. Yeah. Um, I think so really, it's are, not really, it's not really the assistant we're using. It's the, it's like a, it's having microphones in our house to be able to speak to, you know, our automation. Right. I think that's for the that's, value. That's so, yeah, I mean, Grant, I know, I know some people live and die by their, by their, home assistants and truly use yep. them as assistants. Look this up. Tell me the recipe for this and all that. And I get that. I mean, I think if people have gotten really used to it, that's great. I, I just, again, personally, I haven't got, I haven't found myself getting to the point of actually yeah. doing that or, or using yeah. that or remembering to use it. Again, I guess I'm just much more of a tactile, be picking up my phone and I'll just punch in something there because I'm just so used to doing it. I'm a quick typer. I just, that's more of my yeah. natural, natural way of operating. So. I will say the other thing that we have gone completely 100% to in terms of using the assistant is our grocery list. And I mentioned that before that, you know, we had a, I think it's any list. It was the app that we're using, but the fact that we can just be in the kitchen, realize that there's something that we're missing, just say quickly, Hey, add this to the shopping list. It adds it. You know, and that has worked flawless. And we get to uh, wherever we're going and have the the shopping list ready to go. So that I think has been fantastic. And even if you don't use an app like that, you know, they have their own ways of kind of keeping shopping lists, things that you don't want to go over and scribble down yeah. something, especially if we're trying to go paperless, or you don't want to pull your phone out to to make a list and get a reminder. Yeah, I, I finally great. got our family trained on. We have a shared to do list in our iPhones that is just a grocery list and it's just look the minute something's running low or we need to get it yeah you add it to the list and whoever's going to the grocery store next pull up the list that's the things we need and we finally got that synced up with everybody so it's nice nice uh, nice we don't use the voice command on it we just type it in but still i mean it, it's it's nice having that shared list and, right uh, that's when technology well, for, for us of us for us that actually cook alan to really cook you know we have our hands hands busy with things. And that's when we recognize that we're missing an, an ingredient. That's the time where we want to be able to say, add olive oil to the shopping list and not pull out my phone and then type it in. Olive oil? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alan. Oh my you gosh. That? Mm -hmm. No, I know. No, I, I know. Tell me, you've been cooking. You've been cooking. I'm impressed. Outside of this, my immediate foursome here in this house, I know none of the rest of you believe that I cook any at all because yeah. I never have. Yeah. But I honestly, in the last year, I I cook. I am a cook. I I am a chef now. You I have to, learned. Uh, we do you want to say a, that a little bit more forcefully so that we start to believe you? It's like I am. Say it. Say it. I am a cook. I I can cook. You're really good. <laughs> I've learned how to uh, operate things in the kitchen. I've learned how to work the stove, which I finally understood exactly what that meant. So, so one of our future episodes, I think, I think one of the things we ought to do is we start bringing in other people to, and one of the things I'd like to do is bring in your family members and actually ask them how your food is. I and would like for you to I, do that. I think that'd I would, be good. I can see if they're available right now. You want me to do that? You want me to bring them in? No, right I now? think you, I think you have primed them and I want to, I want to, I'm going to maybe do a special where I just talk to them about it. So, well, but I will credit technology for helping with my excellent cooking culinary why skills is, now. Okay, why is um, that? Because we use a service, uh, Dinnerly, which is you know mm -hmm. one of these uh, 
online services and uh, they, they send you the ingredients, which is the number one thing that held me back from wanting to be a cook. It's having to go get all the ingredients. I hate going to the grocery store. Really don't like the grocery store. I don't, I, I have a hard time buying things. I just, you know, there's too many options to look at. So this service, you know, I like many of these cook at home meal delivery services, send you the ingredients, but they have a pretty nice set of instructions that I pull up on my iPad and have off to the side when I'm cooking and it's step-by-step step and it works really great. So, um, yeah, if it wasn't nice. for the technology side of it, of, of being able to place the order for the meals online and know that the ingredients are going to come in and I've got a nice kind of digital recipe to pull up on my tablet to go along with. Yeah. I probably wouldn't enjoy it, but I actually do kind of enjoy it now. So mm. it's good. So what you're saying is you, you're really good at following instructions. I can follow instructions like okay. nobody's business. Okay. All right. I do. Well, good, Alan. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So Brian, very, I very the, I'm supposed to say now, uh, that's the end of our episode. We're done <laughs> catching up, right? Is that, is yes, that right? we are. We have covered each of those episodes. We, I don't think we need to get into backup. That was very recent. So we've kind of covered what we need to do. And, and you covered, believe me, you you covered that. So, we did talk uh, a lot about backup. I'm actually kind sure of, did. I mean, seriously, as much as I love that topic, I'm actually kind of looking back on it. I'm kind of shocked at how much we talked about backup. <laughs> I mean, that's coming from me. And I'm even saying, yeah, we may have gone a little overboard on backup. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> that really did. I got out of hand. I didn't know it was four-hour episode worth of backup conversation. Uh, somehow we You got to back that thing up, Alan. You got to back that thing up. So, I'm actually kind of proud of it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a good conversation. So yeah, there's nothing really to follow up on backup, but, um, I will just say for anybody listening, if you're still listening to this bonus episode where we've just been rambling about things, um, I will say that, uh, you know, we enjoy talking technology. I hope that's pretty clear from our conversations. Uh, you know, we're going to keep going on the monthly themes like we have been doing and try to cover a main topic and then several follow-up kind of deeper dive episodes, but we hope to kind of keep hearing from people about things that they're experiencing too. We, we get some anecdotal feedback from people, people we know, people who have jotted notes to us just saying, hey, look, I tried this. Or, this was a great service or thanks for this tip. And we we really appreciate that. We'd love to keep hearing back any feedback we can. So um, let us know what other topics we can be exploring in future, future months as we go forward. We have a few more in mind that we're going to kind of add in the mix, but uh, we're very happy to hear feedback and ideas from, from our listeners. So keep yeah. them coming. Brian, did we have a, a brothers in tech suggestion we wanted to do for this episode? I mean, I, mean, I know it's a hodgepodge of topics. So is this kind right. of a free for all? Anything goes, brothers in tech suggestion right now? You know what? I I have one, and it does relate. Uh, it's not totally out in left field, but um, so I have a uh, an app that I recently stumbled across when I was looking for a PDF editor. And PDF editing PDFs has been something that has been extremely frustrating to me because it works in, you know, for one particular uh, computer and then go to a different computer, a different uh, operating system, and it doesn't work as cleanly. Um, and I would love to use just preview and things like that that are built into Mac, and it just doesn't seem to always do what we uh, want it to do, like fillable forms and all of that. I found a, an app called, and I don't even know if it's a word uh, or if it's just letters, but XODO, okay, Zodo or XODO. Um, and I stumbled across this, and it and it's, and I and I'm amazed that I have yet to find anything that it doesn't do well. Um, so it's got two, two ways that you can access this. One is by, uh, it's a, it's a browser app. So you can go pull up the, uh, the browser and basically it says, you know, drop in a PDF and you drop it onto the screen and you can start editing it and you'll have access to it in different locations. And then you can quickly export it. You can write on it. You can type on it. You can add your signature. You can do all those things. So it can do that through on the desktop. So it's a little quirky there, but it works great. But on the on the phone, on the iOS, it allows you to open the file, allows you to sign it, uh, allows you to fill in the uh, the document, allows you to save it very quickly to other uh, other locations. It's just been incredibly slick um, because I I can can't tell you how frustrated I get when 
you know, our university sends out a fillable document. It doesn't work in preview. You have to do it in uh, Adobe Acrobat. And even in Acrobat, doesn't save it that well. And it has to use the cloud storage and all of this. And it's just- It really is a mess. It's not, yep. not a great environment yet, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely try, check out uh, Exodio or Zodo, whatever the, uh, the, the the title is, even if you don't want to use it on a, uh, a phone or an iPad or uh, a, some sort of tablet. Given that it has a browser, uh, a browser access to it, uh, it's it's super easy to use. Uh, I think you do have to sign up for an account, but the account is not; it's free. So you just kind of give yourself uh, a user access and drop it in. Try to edit something, uh, export it out, and uh, and see if it works for you. So, Zodo, yeah. Zodo, I'm assuming, cool. or Xanadu, Xanadu, Dodo. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. So. All right. What do, you, so, do you have anything or did you not prepare whatsoever well, for this one? All right. So listen, I'm going to throw out a, a, a suggestion just because I, I don't like to skip an episode and not have one. And um, I don't know when I'll ever be able to recommend this service again, because it's not going to fit in any of our future topics from what I can tell. But it is a piece of technology I love, and I'm just going to talk about it for just a moment. So I don't know if you're aware, Brian, but I, I enjoy watching movies. Um I think I've heard that. I think yeah. I've heard something. I even have that. another podcast. I'm sorry. I don't want you to think I'm cheating on you here, Brian, but I do have another podcast I do uh, keep up with that I host called Foot Candle Films, where we do movie reviews and we have a film festival and film society and all that good stuff. So I'm I'm kind of deep in the movie, the movie watching business. And although Brothers in Tech is a fantastic uh, podcast, I will say your Foot Candle Film is outstanding so if you're someone who's interested in movies please listen to that i agree it is good so uh, <laughs> so uh, there, is a, there is a service that my my partner in the film society and i use pretty religiously and i'm going to call it out because i love the ios app version of it and it's a website version as well it's called letterboxd okay l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d no last e in there okay so it's got the whole web 2.0 type of spelling where it takes out a vowel. So letterboxed, but without the last E. Letterboxd.com is a service. You can do it for free. Now I've got a paid version for a few of the bells and whistles I get, but uh, it is free for most everybody else. It is our tool for logging films that we watch and then also sharing notes, reviews, and creating our own list of films that we want to share with everybody else. It is a communal social platform, so you can follow other people and check out what films they're watching, see what they're writing about the films that they've seen, and then you can create your own watch list of films you're hoping to see. And as you see them, you have a chance to log in that you've watched it and review it, and it takes it off your watch list and so forth. It's really nice because my partner on the Film Society, I can look and see, oh, Chris just watched this movie. So cool. That may be something I add to my watch list and he can see what I watched. And we have certain movie reviewers and people and critics that we follow and we can see what they're watching and um, so forth. Anyway, I want to call it out just because I think technology wise, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, it's like a social media platform for movie watching, but it's really elegant. I think the website is really nice and clean, easy to work with. The iOS app, the iPhone app is great. It's so easy to use as well. Um, and uh, I don't know, it just it does it, it does everything it needs to be doing for the kind of service it provides. So I'm a big fan of the company. I'm a big fan of the app, uh, Letterboxed.com. And if you are somebody who enjoys watching movies, look me up, search for my name. You can follow me, and that way you can actually see what movies I'm watching and uh, open dialogues that way as well. So again, I only brought it up, Brian, because I don't. I don't foresee a topic in the next so many months that we're going to talk about movie watching necessarily right. and how it right. plays in with technology, but this is just a great tool if you are in that type of uh, mindset. So Yeah, that's great. I have not, uh, I have not used that app before, but I just downloaded it and will uh, be really stalking fun. you now. And uh, yeah. so uh, you know, when you see a film, uh, you just, search for it on the app and just log it and say, yep, I watched it today. And if you want to give it a star rating, you can, you can write a review if you want to, or just log that you watched it. Another thing that's nice about the app I didn't mention is that it does tie in with a lot of your streaming movie services. 
So if you find a movie you want to watch, it does have a feature on there to say, show me where I can watch it. So it'll actually show you, oh, hey, streaming on Netflix, or this is something you can rent on iTunes, whatever it may be. So it's really nice just to kind of have all that in one place. So I'm nice. more calling it out for design and the way that the service is built. It just, it really works. It's a, it's a, it's a fun app and website to use. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Alan, happy 21st, man. Yeah, man. I'm going to go out and we're going to go out and take the show out for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there may be drinking in my future uh, shortly, but uh, yeah, this is this has been great. Twenty one episodes, and uh, I had that's, to, that's a, a matter of a few hours putting an entire new wireless router system in my office just to get work done. So yeah, I think I will be having a drink. Right <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, this has been fun. You know, I'm excited for us to, to kind of get into our next topic and, uh, every twenty uh, some episodes or so, and just yeah. do a little. Yeah. We'll catch up on things and kind of just talk about what we've been working on personally as well. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right. Well, we will be back soon with another whole nother topic for a whole nother month of shows. So stay tuned. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for subscribing. Uh, give us any feedback you can through our email address and through any of the Google, the uh, podcast services you subscribe through. Many of them have opportunities to give us ratings or, or comments or reviews. We'd love to hear from you and give us any feedback along the way. So, Brian, awesome. thanks a lot for the time. Good talking to you. Thanks, Alan. It's been great. Right. It's been great. Okay, everyone. Right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.